The voice of Husker Nation is on the air. This is Hale Varsity Radio. Insight, opinion, expertise, along with the biggest names talking Nebraska sports. Join in with the show at 402-489-1240 or 1-800-825-5865. Now, here are your hosts, Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbal. Back to it at Tower 2. It's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by Currency. For all your equipment financing needs, go Currency. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. Excited to have the good doctor back with us, Dr. Rob Zadiska. Doc Talk Sports. Get his podcast downloaded at Doc Talk Sports on Twitter. Him and Travis Justice do an amazing job. Dr. Rob, you're awesome, man. Thanks for jumping on with us here in Hour 2. Are you hunkered down? Is that your little... Uh, is it your Husker Den? Is it your workshop? Give give the folks watching on Hale Varsity YouTube the uh, the locale. This is like my uh, basically it's my basement bar. So it's <laughs> kind of come here. It's a good setup. So I got we got a little Husker stuff in the back. I, I so. see the the pipeline picture. I love it. Uh, we, you know, bar room and bar tabs have been a theme since the first hour, specifically if you're a Packer fan and you went out to that bar in Milwaukee and you thought things were going to be great until the, the Jets won in overtime. I want to ask you, was there an, an exorbitant bar tab ran up that either you had to pay as a rookie in the NFL or you you and the, the pipeline maybe ran up after a big win? Boy, you know what? We didn't... Uh... You know, that was one of the great things about being part of the Giants organization is that they, I don't want to say they, they protected the rookies, but it, it was basically <laughs> no haze. It was kind of this no haze type environment there. And so everybody was kind of all on the same, I mean, I guess I'd say same playing field. So sure. you, you actually didn't have to do that. So it was kind of nice. But nothing with Nebraska. You and you and the, the crew didn't go out after a big win and run one up. Oh, we kept it reasonable. How's okay, that? that's fine. I, that, that's 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 a very good take. It was reasonable. No, that that like means it. they hit a proper pregame. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's right. You were over at someone's house beforehand. I like Wait, it. Now, are you talking back when I was playing? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. No, 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 no. Uh, I'm when you were playing. Right now, we're all mature and grown up. Where we we have a, a speed limit, I would think. <laughs> Not well, you know, you, you would think, you would think. <laughs> Rob, let's let's get into Nebraska and what uh, you see with this offense. It's been a discussion point. We don't know what quarterback is going to look like on Saturday. We know what quarterback has looked like so far. There's been some good, but there's been some some tough decisions and just quite honestly, fundamentals not followed through on. Where are you at, man? Are you panicked? Do you see things playing out okay for this offense as they progress? What's your temperature like? I, you know, I'm I'm still kind of in sort of this wait and see mode, and I, and I guess I say that for a couple of reasons. Number one, I think Minnesota and Colorado actually have some have a very good defense. I know Colorado did show that in the TCU game. I saw some things out of their defense. I was actually kind of impressed with. Um, they've got some very good athletes on that defense, and I think they're going it, to it, – it's not the 
it, it's not this NBA type defense mm. that you saw versus versus TCU in in that first week. They're better than what they showed in that TCU game. Um, so I, I think Nebraska is going to have its chances on offense as the season moves along. I, I guess when you look at the quarterback position, am I worried? Yeah. Am at the same time, too, it depends on what your perspective is. And I went into this season looking at it from the, the standpoint of when you looked at what Rule did at Temple, what he did at Baylor. That first year was a 1-10 or 1-11, 2-10 kind of season both places. They, he had bad first years both places. And there's a lot of things that play into that. And it's easy to put all of the blame on Sims. And, and he does shoulder a lot of that blame. Don't get me wrong here. I mean, the turnovers have been just disastrous for Nebraska. You, you take away any two turnovers versus Minnesota, and Nebraska wins that game. Uh, and we're sitting at the one and one we thought we Let me refresh. I shouldn't say what we thought we'd be at. We'd be sitting at the one and one. I think most Nebraska fans hoped sure. we would be at at this point, as opposed to zero and two. Now, that being said, I've seen some good things out of Sims when he does get the ball off quickly. When he doesn't have to go through a, a, a progression, when he's not under pressure, he makes good throws. His balls he, that that ball's accurate. I mean, he's getting it on the mark. He's got a very powerful arm. The guy can sling it. The problem gets into any time you ask him to run through reads, run through progressions, and maybe have to thread the needle a little bit on a pass. That's where things get really dicey. Uh, the other thing is is that he does bring – I mean, the guy's a potent runner. I, I mean, the the guy can run the ball – and I don't know if I've seen a quarterback run that well since maybe Jamal Lawrence. Sure. Right? So he's a guy that can definitely cause some damage from that standpoint. They just got to tell him he needs to pull the trigger and take off more off. I mean, if it's a pass that looks like he's going to have to move past that first read, if that first guy's not open, take off, get a couple of yards, Live, live to fight another day. The, the turnovers have been too damaging at this point to let him take that risk anymore in my book. I mean, the other option is, is give Harburg a shot, give Chubb a shot. But I'd say let's put Harburg in there and just, you know, can he at least be a game manager? Mm -hmm. I, I think Harburg can run the ball. I mean, I've seen flashes of that where he's looked really good before let's give him a shot. Let's see what he can do. He's not going to be as good a runner as Sims, and that's probably why Sims has been the starter thus far. Mm -hmm. But if he can at least be a more effective game manager, let's see if he can't do that for a game. It's Dr. Rob Zadisko with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. And Dr. Rob, with all that in mind, what is your concern level for this offense moving forward the final 10 games of this season? And I think you have to put it in perspective. The expectations coming into the year were a bowl game, six wins. And with that in mind, what is your concern with what you've seen well, from the offensive side of the ball through well, two games? Okay, again, I mean, let's, let's be clear here. The hope was six wins in a bowl game. The expectation... I mean, man, it really depends on who you talk to. I kept going back... To, it's easy to look at that first year at Baylor and say, hey, they, 
that off season prior to rule coming in, they cleaned house after a sex scandal there Mm -hmm. and he had nothing to work with. I understand the one in 11 first year at Baylor, but if you go back and (laughs) excuse me, if you go back and look at temple, it's not like temple was coming off of this wholesale house cleaning of a program like Baylor was. And he had a pretty atrocious first year at Baylor too. And it's just, he's bringing in a bunch of young guys. It's a developmental thing. It's a new system. Um, You don't necessarily have all of that buy-in yet. You don't necessarily have that whole system in place. And so to sit here and look at it and say, oh my God, we thought we were getting six wins. Let's hit the panic button. My my panic button is going to get hit game four, game five, game six. Next year, if we're 0-4, 0-5, That's where I hit the panic button and go, okay, now I'm starting to worry about Matt Rule. Is this a guy that's going to be able to turn this around at all? Ben, uh, every place he's been outside of the NFL – that first year has been pretty bad. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, I had a lot of expectations myself tempered by that. Um, it, it, my expectations for the offense, it's, my hope would be is that they can get whoever is at quarterback to move into a little bit of that game manager role. That Even if you're, it's third down and you think the game's on the line, Sometimes you just got to take it and, and like take a knee and maybe hope Alvano can drill a field goal or uh, you go for it on fourth down. You've got to be able to not hit that panic button on second or third down and try to force it and risk that turnover. That, that can't be a risk those quarterbacks take anymore. My hope is that they can get to that point. Rob Zadisk is with us here, Hale Varsity Radio. Of course, uh, Rob Zadisk and Travis Justice, the Doc Talk podcast at uh, Doc Talk uh, Sports is where you find him on Twitter. So, Doctor Rob, offensive line here got uh, some some mixed reviews on the line. Nebraska's ran the ball okay. Uh, the, the turnovers again is the story. Uh, you've mentioned some of the pressures. Give me a grade through two games on the O line, and and what's their, what do you think their ceiling could be? What could they grade out as that that maybe Teddy coming back at some point at left tackle, maybe looking at that left side of the line. What do you see? What do you think so far? I'm kind of feeling like a C grade right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's been very okay. Um, bright spot, I think, has been Ben Scott at center. I think he's actually been been a pretty steady presence there at the center position. And so that was nice to see, especially when you got a guy who's come in and hasn't played with these guys before. Um, you know, I, I said this all off season. A lot of this is going to hinge on having a healthy Teddy Prohaska at left tackle. Mm-hmm. He, he changes the whole dynamic of that line because all of a sudden you got somebody – who can lock down that left side of the line, can take on some very good pass rushers, and you can you can put a chip guy somewhere else. The running back can be looking over there to go help out Ben Hart. You can put a tight end over by Ben Hart. All of a sudden, you don't necessarily need an extra guy helping Corcoran out there at left tackle. It, 
And so that, that changes a lot. I, I mean, for this offensive line, in my opinion, to get a higher grade, you got to have Teddy in there. Otherwise, there's just some built-in de- deficiencies I'm not sure they're going to be able to overcome. And, and I don't say that in the sense of, of kind of dogging uh, on Donnie as a coach. I say that more just in terms of the guys we have to work with. Corcoran's an, I, I think he's a, at best an offensive guard. He's not a left tackle. Um, ben Hart has he, – he's, I will say this. Ben Hart's improved a lot. On occasion, he still lets guys get into his chest. He still gives up that bull rush. And that's something he's going to have to overcome. Um, there's some technique things I'm seeing from, from Newelli and Ethan Piper. And those are things that I think just when it comes, especially with pass blocking, we're just going to have to be kind of a, I, I hope that comes with time as they get a couple more weeks into the season here and get a little bit more confidence under their belt. Uh, the run blocking has been reasonable. It hasn't been great, but it's been reasonable. And that's something that I hope they continue to improve upon. What about the, uh, the run blocking from the tight ends? That's something that Schmidt and I were discussing up in the press box on Saturday. <laughs> that it, it, seemed hit, it seems like it's been hit or miss so far this year. They either, they either planted them or got blown up in the backfield. Yeah, and I again, that's something that I think the, the getting blown up in the backfield thing, I think a lot of that is almost sort of a timing thing with mm-hmm. the offense where you're, you're trying to time some of these blocks as you're coming off the line, as you're looking at what the defense is throwing at you in terms of some of these guys that are coming up to try and make these plays. Um, it has been hit or miss. I'm not sure. I, I know which plays you guys are talking about where you talk about where these guys get blown up in the backfield. Um, and I, I'm not sure I put all the blame on the, uh, on the tight ends in that one. Some of it, I, I worry, is a little bit of a play design thing that mm-hmm. you're seeing some uh, you're seeing some plays that just take a lot. Against some of these defenses, you you got to know that hey, some of these defenses you're not going to have the time to allow these plays to develop in the backfield. You, these you got to hit a lot quicker with them, and, and if it's some of these tosses some of these power plays, these option type plays, you're going to have to get rid of the ball a lot quicker, get it into the running back's hands. And you can't, you can't have some of these uh, more traditional plays that where the running backs getting the ball five to seven yards deep in the backfield, because at that point, somebody from the defense is going to be across the line of scrimmage and it's going to blow it up. So it's. I think you need a little bit. There needs to be some adjustment to the play calling. There needs some be adjustment to the play design. Just because if you've got some of these plays that are a little slower developing, if you're playing against a team that has good speed like Colorado, if you're playing against a team that has a solid defense like Minnesota, those plays aren't going to work. Dr. Rob Zadisk is with us, Hale Varsity Radio, Doc Talk Sports. Dr. Rob, I got to talk Colorado with you on the other side. A couple more minutes. Uh, we're up against a hard break. Do you have uh, time? Can you crack a beer behind you and, and, and wait out this commercial with us? 
I'm grabbing a workout after this. I'm sticking with straight water. Uh-huh. Uh, water. I love the water call. Uh-huh. Or vodka. One <laughs> That's right. It's, <laughs> it's clear. Perfectly. It's clear is what he's telling you. So a couple more minutes with Dr. Rob Zadiska uh, with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. Dr. Rob, a little quick time out. Get a, get a quick bench in uh, in three minutes. One of those circuit things, right, I hear. And we'll have a couple more thoughts from Dr. Rob. Hale Varsity with you on a Tuesday. You can always watch the show uh, and uh, catch us on the Hale Varsity YouTube channel, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play for the podcast. More Dr. Rob Zadiska next. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back into it, it's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by Currency. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, Mitch Sherman with us from The Athletic at Mitch Sherman on Twitter. Mitch, how's your Tuesday? Thanks for a few minutes. It's been a nice Tuesday. Some good comments from Nebraska football players in Lincoln at Memorial Stadium, and uh, we're moving through the week. We are. Northern Illinois uh, awaits under the lights Saturday at Memorial Stadium, and the message today from uh, most of the players, if not all, Mitch, that were in, at the podium was, well, trust in a word. And it seems like, uh, despite the start, they're still on board uh, in this, uh, well, this rule tenure. Yeah, and you'd expect no different. They're not going to bring players in who are disgruntled, and um, <laughs> the players are going to definitely go with the party line when they're in front of the cameras. And I, I don't have a reason to believe that that things are amiss in the Nebraska locker room. I mean, this is very early, not just in the season, but also in what is a, a rebuild, a reboot for, for Matt Rule. So, the uh, yeah, the players that we heard from today are on board with what the, what the coaches are doing. You know, they're behind Jeff Sims, who's had a lot of struggles in the first two weeks, and, and they're ready to – you know, ready to turn things around in this opener Saturday night against Northern Illinois. At least that's that's certainly what we're hearing from them. Um, you know, sometimes there are other things that are happening in the context of a team, but you know, I think this one's pretty straightforward. Mitch Sherman is with us here from the Athletic. It's Hale Varsity Radio, and Mitch, whenever you you look ahead at the next two weeks and and what the player's task is, do you think it matters how it looks against Northern Illinois and against Louisiana Tech, or or is the only thing that matters getting a win whenever you look at these two teams and where Nebraska's at sitting at 0-2? Is the the eye test going to be important against Northern Illinois? I I guess both from the the coaching staff's perspective and from the fan perspective. Well, I think the predominant thing is to get a win, and that comes above all else, is to get a win this week and then get a win – against Louisiana Tech next next week so you can even your record at 2-2 two and two when the Big Ten gets hot and heavy against Michigan on September 30th, and then you have to go on the road to Illinois. But that's that's down the road. Right now what's in front of Nebraska is Northern Illinois and, and a couple of non-conference games. And right, getting the win, most important thing. And and then, yes, I, I do think how it looks is, is has some value, some importance. Um, Nebraska could be in a position – in two weeks where it's two and two and everyone is feeling much better about the situation with the team than the way they feel today uh, based on how those games look. Or I think Nebraska could be in a position at two and two in two weeks where there's a lot of hand-wringing that's still taking place uh, in part because you know what the schedule is setting up to, uh, to look like, but also because of, of the way that these games go. So um, it's not like it's style points necessarily. I think it's more just um, boring stuff, like not having 
unforced errors, which we saw uh, a lot on Saturday at Colorado. Mitch, uh, you know what? What do you think this offense can can become? Uh, ideally, let's let's paint that identity with what their strengths may be. It's just two games. You know, it's been a lot of self infliction by the offense with turnovers. But flip it around, say things get cleaned up and they try and ramp up. That's the goal for Michigan and beyond. Uh, what's what's going to be a strength? Uh, well, I think it's it's a converse, it's a different conversation in twenty twenty three than it is for the long term with Matt Rule. Um, but we're talking about twenty twenty three, I think here, and I think this is an offense that can be defined by its um, you know its its running game. Um, the short passing game, it's um, it, the, the work that it does to be a fundamentally strong group. And that we've not seen that in weeks one and two. But I think the ability is there. Uh, the players are there. The experience at a lot of positions is there. In some cases, the talent is above average. It's not through the roof. It's not Trey Palmer like we saw last season as a wide receiver at Nebraska. Um, but there's enough talent there for Nebraska to win games that are on this schedule. Um, and I think it's a blue collar offense. That's probably what the identity is. If they, if, if you're talking an ideal world, it's not uh, an offense that is scoring 35 or 40 points a game, but it's one that plays complimentary football with its defense and allows its defense to do the things that, it's all that, that Tony White and his crew have already shown, and, and you know, that's to be a disruptive unit. They have things they want to work on, too, and, and, and help the offense by generating some turnovers. But um, right now, the bulk of the task in being a complimentary football team is on uh, the Nebraska offense, which hasn't held up its, its part of the bargain yet. Mitch, is there, dare I, dare I utter, winnable games on the schedule when we look at the Big Ten West? We'll know more about – Minnesota this weekend as they head to Chapel Hill. But can can Nebraska still get to six based on what you see on their schedule? I know that's a tough question at 0-2. Yeah, I mean it's it's not it's you you don't you don't cash in the chips right now and say, all right, completely reevaluate after two games, what can what can what's the new goal? Because six isn't gonna happen. That's that's no, that's not where they're at at this position. I mean, they lose on Saturday. I think you can start to have that discussion. Uh, that's not a place that Nebraska wants to be. That's not a discussion that Nebraska in any way or anybody associated with the program wants to have, wants to be having uh, on, on Saturday night. So if you get this win and you get the win next week, then it's four, four wins the rest of the way to get to bowl eligibility. And sure. I think it's, it's, it's possible. Um, it's there. It's going to take a lot better play than what we saw at Colorado and at Minnesota. But this was the beginning. Haven't even been home yet. Um, let's give them a chance to get their bearings, develop some confidence, and it's always possible, um, maybe even likely, when you look at Matt Rule's track record, that this can be a better team, a different team, in October and November. It's Mitch Sherman with us here, Hale Varsity Radio. And Mitch, as it stands right now on a Tuesday, 
Who do you think trots out as Nebraska's starting quarterback on Saturday night? And that's a loaded question because we're not quite sure what the health of Jeff Sims is going to be. And yeah. I think we can assume a healthy Jeff Sims is likely going to start on Saturday. But what's the feel that you're getting as uh, we begin this week? Do you think it's going to be Jeff Sims? You know, today on Tuesday, I don't really have a feel. Mm. Um, the players the players weren't talking today about who took snaps at practice. I don't know that we'll even get that answer tomorrow from Marcus Satterfield on Wednesday. I think he's going to leave it to Matt Rule, who talks again to the media on Thursday morning. And by then, we'll have a sense of who it's going to be. I, I, I came out of Monday, out of the, the press conference on Monday with the head coach, thinking that there was – maybe a slightly above 50% chance that you'd see Heinrich Harburg as the starter. And part of that is just based on the fact that these ankle sprains are tough. And if it's a high ankle sprain, and that's kind of, I don't think it's a bad high ankle sprain. This is, and this is paraphrasing Matt rule yesterday. He mentioned high ankle sprain after the game Saturday, yesterday, he didn't walk that back, but he also didn't play it up. I think a, a bad high ankle sprain or even a normal high ankle sprain is something that can really set a uh, an offensive skill player or a defensive skill player or alignment, you know, just a football player, back uh, two or three weeks. And if that's the case, then I don't think they'll send Jeff Sims out there because if you take away his running ability, you take away his strength, and they don't want to put him in that spot um, after after the way the last couple of games have gone. So I don't. But after today, I don't know. Um, it, it's it's. Uh, I'm going to wait till Thursday. Um, at the latest, maybe maybe Wednesday afternoon to get a sense from the OC on on uh, how I feel about the way it's going to go. Fortunately, I don't have to predict it. I just have to show up and, and see who's there. Mitch, when we talk about the portal and getting, you know, a difference maker, we've, we've said the name Trey Palmer uh, in the interview mm-hmm. and, you know, first touchdown of his NFL career last Sunday for Tampa uh, for yeah for Tampa's narrow win over Minnesota I want to flip it over to the Sims conversation and what do you think Nebraska saw in Sims i.e. rule and and Satterfield when they decided to go that route I mean we 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 know his size and athleticism but as far as what he could do for their vision on offense that's it at the beginning is just you look at him and he's six foot four he's 220 to 30 pounds He's got a, a big arm, um, unrefined, uh, his arm, but it's a big arm. And I think that they, they, they looked at it and they said, this is something that we can work with. These are tools for us to work with. And right now, they didn't know what they had to work with. There's been a lot of revisionist talk about Casey Thompson this week. But you remember when, when Matt Rule and Marcus Satterfield got uh, their feet on the ground at Nebraska – last winter and the transfer portal was open and you had to make decisions quick. They, they didn't know um, not only about Casey Thompson's health, they didn't know about his status on the team. And if he would, if he would choose to, to come back for another season. So they had to act. Um, You can't blame them for acting and looking in the portal. Now, if it doesn't work out with Jeff Sims this year, or if it continues at this rate, then you can blame them for the choice that they've made. But it's, um, you know, it was a matter of, of one, they had a little bit of familiarity mm-hmm. because Jeff Collins is a guy that Matt Rule trusted and they had coached together. And Jeff Collins at Georgia Tech coached Jeff Sims. And Rule had watched him play because he watched Collins' games. And he had heard from Collins, who believed that Jeff Sims could be somebody that helped Nebraska. So uh, if you get an opportunity to take an athlete uh, who's got a lot of tools and, and your coaches who believe in your ability to, to develop talent, then that's a good place to start. 
Um, you know, I think they were looking at the positives and not so much at the negatives, which were Sims injury history. And we've now seen that crop up and also his propensity for turnovers, which six of them through two games is not where you want to be. Mitch, do you get the feel that Nebraska thinks they have the quarterback of the future and Daniel Kalen in that 2024 recruiting class? Or do you think Nebraska, I mean, there's been a lot of smoke about Anthony Rizak and how he's performed uh, this senior year in the past couple of weeks. Do you think Nebraska hedges their bets and, and goes after a guy like Rizak or maybe another quarterback somewhere else in the country? I don't think Nebraska is going to right, right now, right here today. And I know Anthony Rizak, a quarterback at Omaha West Side, which is just bursting with talent. And, and you know, there's there's power five prospects all over the field. And um, not only that, there's there's a couple of guys from Omaha West Side who are getting playing time as true freshmen at Nebraska this year and Jalen Lloyd um, and the kicker, Tristan Alvano. Um, so it's not a place where you want to burn bridges if you're the Nebraska program. And, and Nebraska's invited Anthony Rizak to come to to come to Memorial Stadium on Saturday night. Um, he's looking for his first Power 5 offer. And I, I don't know as a quarterback that it's going to come from Nebraska. Maybe it will. Um, you know, the, the, they're looking at him and they want to bring him in. So I think they're interested in something with him. It could be as a preferred walk-on. It could be to bring him in as an athlete. Um, maybe Nebraska will look elsewhere um, in this recruiting class to see if there's somebody out there that they can't pass up on um, at the quarterback spot. But I, I you know, I, I doubt that. Um, generally, the way it works today uh, is that you get one in a in a in a freshman class um, on scholarship at least. And not to say that that Daniel Kalen steps in, or I think there's there's very little chance that he steps in and, and starts at Nebraska in 2024. But if um, if that starting if the 2024 starting quarterback isn't on the roster right now. Um, then I think it's most likely that he's coming from the portal and not from uh, as a true freshman.